0: Hey guys, this is Hayden from the Hill Pursuit Podcast. Uh, This is episode 63, and this is a race preview of Ohio 70.3 that's upcoming this weekend on July 24, 2022. Um, We do have a little bit of an extended intro where we just kind of talk about uh, what we're doing for our training, kind of just dive into what's going on in our lives for a little bit first. So if you can hang on for about 10, 12 minutes or so, or just fast forward if you want um we do jump into that Ohio 70.3 preview around 12 minutes in or so um talk extensively about everything <laughs> swim bike run weather power output nutrition a little bit of everything and i do have some personal experience having ridden this course um at least 3 times i swim in this lake all the time so you know if if you're someone who wants to get some some decent perspective hope you find it here um but thank you for listening. Uh, if you'd like to catch any of our previous episodes, you can find them on any anywhere that you stream stream podcasts: Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Google. We also have a YouTube channel. So check all those things out. Social media, Facebook and Instagram at Hill Pursuit website, hillpursuit.com. And if you want to ask any questions, hillpursuit at gmail.com, please, please do reach out. We would love to have a conversation. So if you're racing this weekend, um, hope you find some value in today's episode. Good luck racing, um, and thanks for listening. We will see you. Next.
1: All right, what's up, man? What's going on, man? How are you?
0: I'm good. You want to share? Uh, you want to share with the world what you just? Uh... Told me off uh, off camera.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling pretty energetic this morning, man. I don't know what it. <laughs> I didn't even get like my whole cup of coffee yet, but um. Uh, so I, I like never step on the scale. I just don't really. I'd be like once every five months. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, but I stepped on last night like up to like 209, and I was like, "Dang!" I'm like, "I don't even know where that came from." Yeah. <laughs> like, feel like I. I don't even feel like I'm eating to, to get up there, but I don't know, but just,
0: just that being said,
1: yeah. that, that being said though, I don't feel like I'm as strong for as heavy as I am. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I know that. I know what you mean.
1: Um, which is a little frustrating. I don't know if it's just going to take some time for, you know, my body to kind of maybe adapt and, you know, learn how to use some, some more weight that I'm, yeah, I'm not, I don't think I put, I didn't really put on bad weight. I'm just heavier, Um, just getting used to using some, some heavier weight. So I think it's just more adapting yeah. really to that. But yeah, I was like, dang, I was kind of surprised to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I go, I go through some of that too, where mm-hmm. you don't check for a while and you check and you're like, dang, I should be stronger. Or I should be faster, you know, but um, I mean, I think that's a really, that's a nice little talking point. Like, it's not, it's just not everything. Yeah. You're whatever number is spit out on a scale is just not everything. Now, you know, there's, there's some cases where it matters for some sports that have, you know, that athletes benefit from like strength to mass ratio, you know, but in everyday, everyday life, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're healthy, you're active, you're strong, you know, you know, as long as you're not, um, Gaining too much or losing too much right i mean then you, there's really no need to step on
1: <laughs> the like i don't care about the number that's not what you no know, yeah i know i know i know yeah I, some of my step on the like, oh man like i put on weight like, for me you know if i'm putting on weight and i'm performing still uh yeah. it can move I can move good and you know i still have my conditioning pretty i still have pretty decent conditioning i'm fine with it you yeah. know um it's just i think it's going to take a minute maybe to start you know, like I don't feel like my squat is to where maybe you know when I was probably 180, 85 pounds, I felt like I was relatively strong for my weight, but I don't feel like strong for my weight anymore. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah. I think, I've been there. Yeah, and I, I think some of it might just be, you know, yeah, run a little bit, uh, do some programs that well where I'm at now, and just I think it will catch up, or yeah. I'll maybe lose, maybe I'll lose a few pounds by accident. I don't know. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? ironically, what? No, no, no. I was going to say that's, that's enough about me, but.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, ironically, I don't check too frequently either, but when I get closer to races a few weeks out, I definitely do just to try to, you know, cause I'm tightening up the diet and um, you know, especially for triathlon and most specifically for cycling, I would say almost, I, I technically applies to running as well. And I'll be honest, I don't know how it applies to swimming enough to really comment on it, but especially for cycling strength to mass or power to mass Watts per kilogram. It's definitely beneficial if you're lighter and hold on to some strength and power output. So I do watch it a little bit in the, in the couple of weeks before, um, so like I'm I'm pretty in tune with where I'm at. Um I'm probably like low 180s and honestly I was I was intending to be like 175 or so before my carb load but I'm probably like 180 181 or two somewhere in there which is fine because like you said if you're performing well it doesn't it's not a huge deal and like you never want to be depleted at all. Right. You know? So I mean, that's it's just going to inhibit your performance in so many ways, and endurance, and strength, power. I mean, you can't deplete yourself and expect to race well or lift heavy or you know. So um, what? Yeah I'll, never, yeah, I'll
1: never forget. I was man, this was a while back. Uh, I can't remember if it was a podcast or if I read something, but it was a coach like talking to his athletes, and he, you know, especially like college kids. You know, a lot of times they you know, they're probably not eating all the best foods or they'll eat like one meal a day. And then that's kind of it. And he's like, he's like, when I tell them, he's like, I'll talk to them. He's like, I would always encourage, he's like, they're worried about, you know, eating too much. He's like, I would rather you eat too much. He's like, like, is, you're, there's going to be a time where it's probably not going to come full circle. He's like, I'd rather you overeat, you yeah. know, than than undereat, you know I mean? Because especially if you're training hard, it's, it's going to get used. It's going to get used
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I mean for an athlete you're exactly right for an athlete to overeat is probably better than under eat you know within within reason for um, (laughs) regular everyday exercisers and regular everyday people who maybe don't find enough time to exercise like on a normal schedule you got to be a little bit more mindful right but um, there's a lot of intricacies and individual rules that probably apply to people as they're, you know, you know, just you're different than me and how you eat and put weight on. And then of course that changes across the lifespan and across, you know, male, female, you know, everything's, it's different for everybody. Right. So there's not a one size fits all, but right. in a basic sense, if you're an athlete and you want to perform, you have to eat, you just have to. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways, for me, I feel fine. Like I feel good with where I'm at. Um, Around 180 before a carb load, which is probably going to start tonight. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if I want to start tonight or tomorrow morning or midday tomorrow. But I'm basically done training. Uh, like I don't even think I'm. I think I'm going to swim for like 15 minutes on Saturday morning, just in the lake. But the race is Sunday. I'm taking off tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. So when, whenever you're listening to this, today's the, uh, today's Thursday, July 21, and tomorrow's Friday before the race, I'm taking off. I'm actually going to golf tomorrow. So I'm going to relax a little bit. I'm I'm going to go golfing. Um, and Saturday I'll probably, like I said, I got to do a bunch of check-in stuff for the race and, um, I'll probably swim at like seven AM, just for like fifteen twenty minutes somewhere in there, just to move a little bit, but not intense at all. Super light, um, real easy, and then um, Sunday we'll uh, we'll get ripping. But just uh
1: it's it's an Olympic, right?
0: No, this is a half iron.
1: This is half iron. Okay. Yeah,
0: so I did a half iron at Eagleman six seven weeks ago. I was so actually crazy. Six- same exact distance yeah so it's 1.2 mile swim 56 mile bike 13.1 mile run for 70.3 total miles but um I did this exact distance at Eagleman in Maryland 6 7 weeks ago and actually before the season even started um I was thinking that would be my only like big race of the year just that Eagleman race but because i've done it before and i liked it and it's a nice area so i was like oh i'll go do this again and it was fun i'm glad i did but then ohio 70.3 announced like i don't i don't even know exactly but um after a couple months that i had already been registered for eagle man ohio 70.3 announced that they were changing the location um from like columbus area to sandusky um and my wife's family has a lake house literally like right on (laughs) right on the lake i'm swimming in it's crazy like the the drive from the lake house to the start is like 10 minutes it's crazy so um yeah it's nice so um when they announced that location change i looked at my wife i was like i have to do this race right like it's it's essentially like a backyard half iron man so um that was added on to the season kind of unintentionally, but um, I ended up kind of changing course a little bit and making this my a race. So, you know, I performed really, really well at Eagle man, but you know, all things considered, if, if the variables are, are in my favor or even just neutral, I anticipate a better, a better performance at this race, just based on how I, I set up my training and focused on this as my A race for the season. So um I don't know. Anything else for from from you before we like dive into a little bit of the race stuff?
1: No man, that's that's pretty much it. I'm on a D load this week. Um nice. I'm doing uh I'm five forever five three one. Um again. So it's just it's just like my old faithful. Um I uh, you know, give me one second real quick. Yep commercial break had to uh grab a jocko go um <laughs> but uh anyway so i'm uh i'm five three forever five through well, kind of like old faithful for me um so i was going i was on a little bit of a conditioning i don't know where i kind of was i think we talked before i was kind of focusing on some conditioning for a while and i don't know lack of discipline or I just was not into the program. I, I felt like that I was just kind of doing something. I didn't feel like I was, there was anything measurable. I'm not saying it wasn't a good program. I think if I was training for something specific at the time, it would have been good. Um, but it just felt like I had nothing. I was working towards nothing. So I was mm, like, okay. man, it was hard for me to, I, like I was just dragging myself. Into, I'm not saying it's not like that for other stuff, but you know, so I was like for what I need, I need relatively these for what I need for performance for what I do as you need a decent level of strength. And, you know, I need to have probably a little uh, probably just above average conditioning for sure. And I need to be able to recover pretty quick. So it's like fell back to the roots of five, three, one, you know, I, and it's taken me a little bit when I finished the last time, which is probably about four months ago. Like, I felt strong. Um, I definitely was hitting, hitting numbers that I'd never hit before. And it's taken me a little bit to cycle back. I don't know if um, I'm doing jujitsu a little bit more than I ever have. So I definitely think that probably impacts, you know, some strength work. Um, so, but we're going to keep, I'm going to keep, going to keep doing it as normal. Um, like I said, deload this week. Um, and then I'll be in, I think it's a 16 week program. I should know I've done it so many times um or uh so i'll be in the so if they put like 1.1 1.2 1.3 so i'll be 1.2 session one probably around monday um so deload week is just you know it's like five by five but for everything except deadlift that's five by three and the assistance pretty much stays the same the intensity just drops so nice yeah so it's good um the other night i kind of i actually thought you was uh kind of an off-the-grid workout. Um, I went down. I rolled jiu-jitsu a little bit where we go, and not all the guys can make it. So it was just myself and one other, uh, one other man. And uh, we got in. We got some rolls we're, we're both pretty new to it. So we just kind of did some, like, seven-minute bouts, just back and forth and worked on some technique. And probably, like, an hour. and like, man, I still feel like I can get some work in. So it's like there's this big parking lot outside. Um, and uh, I was like, man, what can I, I – Mustered something up it was probably the parking lot length and up and back was probably around 200 meters so I would uh there's like I did a 200 meter and I do 10 push-ups and I did that with 10 bouts um and I tried like a minute to two minutes in between it was kind of off the grid wasn't planned um but it felt good got some extra work in so yeah
0: cool I'm surprised you didn't put a sled on that 200 meter course
1: i have it with me man yeah
0: yeah Yeah. Well, that's
1: cool. Just like a little sprint. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of strided it out. Yeah. And I tried because I want to, I try to keep my rest pretty low. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, not to stay off course, uh, we'll talk about the race here in a second, but that just kind of reminded me that, you know, in in like a week to a week and a half's time, I'm going to be like pretty heavy into, an open marathon prep so after this race i'm going into a marathon prep um and i'll have some like really cool track workouts and things like that to kind of talk about from time to time but i love those types of intervals like short uh i like some obviously longer intervals like mile to two three four miles but that stuff's a lot of fun so um yeah sweet sounds good yeah Um,
1: let's dive into the race man
0: yeah yeah, let's dive into the race. So, um dude, it's the weather is supposed to be like 90 very very humid. I don't know the percentage of relative humidity, but so um I have pretty good sources for weather and humidity and wind that affects the you know the the water and the chop of the water because my family has, they boat out there all the time and they're always using these specific boating apps and stuff. First of yeah. all, water temperature is very high. Iron Man keeps telling people that, not Iron Man, I guess, but people are like posting in online groups that the water temperature is still, quote, wetsuit legal and it's like 75 point whatever degrees. That's a load of bull because We're out there boating every weekend and it's been like 80, 81, 82 degrees. That's how warm this water is. And it's not getting, it's not getting cooler. The wind isn't making the water cooler. If Ironman finds a temperature that's under 76.1 degrees or 76, whatever the cutoff is, I think it's 76.1 or two. If they find a temperature that's quote wetsuit legal, it's because they're going to the depths of the lake and putting that that temperature gauge in the bottom of the lake like as deep as they can possibly find in a cold patch because that water is warm it's not it's not wetsuit legal there's no way in heck and i have a feeling that they will that iron man will just find a way to make it wetsuit legal because everyone freaks out about the swim all the time they just always do so what are you gonna um, do if they find wetsuit legal if they what if they find it wetsuit legal, are you going to wear one? I mean, if it's wetsuit legal, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I almost, you know, for myself, my own placing, I guess, selfishly, I wouldn't mind that, it, that it's not wetsuit legal at all because I'm sh- a strong enough swimmer that I think it would freak enough people out that they would have to slow down way too much. And it would, I'd probably actually place a little bit better if it weren't wetsuit legal. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me either way honestly. Um, I'm comfortable either way. The last few open swim, open water swims I did, I did personally, I didn't wear my wetsuit just to be safe and, and be prepared. So I'm ready for whatever I could swim in, in trousers and, and feel fine. Like I'd feel comfortable, but anyways, the weather's supposed to be ridiculously hot and humid on top of the water temperature also. And, the winds are going to be fine. Um, the water won't be too choppy, and it's somewhat protected also by a pier. So, the water will, in terms of the chop, it'll be fine. It'll be a nice, smooth swim. Um, the 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 like the possibility for thunderstorms is pretty high, though. So, um, and you know, I say that coming off of Eagleman, which had the same exact outlook, and then it was perfectly fine there was a, you know, there was a slow drizzle on most of the bike and it opened up on the run for maybe like 10 minutes, but it was fine. And Eagleman in Maryland was supposed to be way worse. So you never know what's going to happen with thunderstorms. Um, anybody who listens as like a race prep, like if, you know, people, I don't know, people search Ohio 70.3 race prep and, you know, find and find podcasts like this. And, if you listen to this, I mean, you, you shouldn't even be looking at temperature or thunderstorms until you're like within 24 hours. I mean, it's gonna change so much. So it's Thursday now. It looks like morning showers and potential for thunderstorms.
1: It could change think, so much. I nothing. To, I think to me that would be like no factor. I think probably like rain really means. I think probably the biggest thing would probably be temperature and humidity just for yeah. into what you're going to intake you know rain's not really going to impact what your body's bringing in um you know i think probably humidity is probably the biggest thing that will really affect what you put in your body right yeah. I,
0: I, I mean that's that's something if you're if you haven't practiced it this is not a good race to like hope that it goes well because it's believe- going be, to be very hot and very humid and people will be falling over and, and quitting this race that's my prediction because of how hot and humid it's going to be. I mean, yeah. it's going to be 90 and humid, you know, it's been like high seventies and, and low humidity up until like the last few days, it yeah. might be, you know, it might be like low eighties, a little bit of humidity, but 90 and
1: humid is just a different world of yeah. climate. We're <laughs> so- at, we're at, we've been like, 95 and high humidity like you're you're out there working for like 10 minutes and your shirt is like you just jumped jumped into a pool so yeah i i but it's definitely i would imagine that this is probably not like a rookie race
0: no and and the the unfortunate aspect of of uh you know that harsh reality is that it's the first time this race has ever been here so everyone is treating it like it's like a of rookie race and nobody really knows what the course is going to be like, or the logistics of the day, because it's never been done here before. So, you know, good luck to people who have not planned their (laughs) nutrition because it's nutrition is going to get people through the end of this day, the end of this race, but let's jump into the swim specifically. And we're already pushing it, but this isn't too, too long at this point. So the swim It actually starts, I don't even think I told you this, I just posted about it, but the swim starts on a boat. Oh, dang. There's a, a ferry off of the pier, off one of these docks that they're going to have people um, herd like cattle into a few separate lines on the bottom of this ferry where they put vehicles when, they, when the ferry travels from island to island, they mm-hmm. put vehicles in this, in this spot they're going to have lanes for athletes to walk through. And then at the very end of the fair, the ferry, there's a little ramp that they said is going to have like some padding and only be like a couple inches off the surface of the water. When you get to the edge of the ramp, athletes are going to enter every five seconds, which is great. Um, a typical rolling start is about every three seconds. That's what it was. at Eagleman. there's a little, um, there's a little metronome that, that just kind of ticks One, Two in one, two in, and athletes just kind of go in every time they hear that. They but it was wading into the water, it wasn't jumping in off of anything. And this, uh, this swim entry is you have to jump in every five seconds, so you have more time between athletes. But I think it could be a logistical nightmare. I'm not gonna lie, I think people, first of all, you have to jump in feet first, probably for safety. it's 10. Yeah, I know. It's 10 feet deep. Allegedly. You're not allowed to dive in. You can't cannonball in whatever else. I think people are going to just ignore that rule. They're going to dive in. They're going to, you know, some people won't dive in. Some people will. People will be jumping on top of each other. I, I like I think some people are going to be scared to do this. It's just going to be a huge cluster, in my opinion.
1: I'm going curious- have- in me to just dive and start swimming. What do you say? I would have every temptation in me to dive and just start swimming. Right. But if,
0: if someone who jumped in front of you didn't dive and then five seconds later, they're just like coming to the surface and they're only a foot in front, then you, I mean, what do you do? So I get that, but I would, yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I just feel like it, it could be a huge logistical issue. So we'll see how that plays out. Whatever the swim itself shouldn't be an issue. Like I said, the winds look to be calm. I think Southwest. Um, Northeast is what uh, the Northeast wind leads to a really choppy swim. So winds look fine um, and it's somewhat protected coming out of the water. I wonder how this is going to work. There's really nowhere to wade out of the water. So typically Ironman will like put in a huge ramp that like exits the water, even if there's nowhere to like truly wade out. So I'm I'm hoping that's what they do because uh, otherwise, You're gonna have two thousand plus athletes like trying to get on a ladder to get off of this pier. Um, I I I just think you know they better be putting a a a ramp in. Um, Ramps are easily installed when there's already a place to wade out of the water. I just hope that they're able to do this the right way (laughs) so (laughs) that it's not another bottleneck both at the swim at the start of the swim and at the end of the swim. So, anyways, um, the transition area is it appears to be like completely uh blacktop which is kind of nice um it should make for quicker transitions it doesn't look like it's too long to like navigate through the maze of getting out of the water and into transition area which is great um athletes should be able to get in pretty quick um i'm hoping that that means it's a little bit of a quicker transition um for me personally, that's like one of the biggest areas I'm trying to improve on this race is um, my transition times. Uh, as you know, for for me and if I were to recommend to somebody something I haven't done before that I'm doing this time is I'm not ingesting any nutrition in transition. Instead, I'm grabbing it and I'm throwing it in my tri kit. I'm getting on the bike as fast as I possibly can, and then and then taking my nutrition as I'm moving. Um, I just think it's wasted energy. And I've, I've always done that, but it's been, in my opinion, wasted energy to stop, get my salt tabs, take a goo, whatever else I feel like I need in transition, in transition. So instead, I'm just going to grab it all, throw it in my kit, get my butt on the bike and get moving as, as quickly as I can. And then within a few minutes, once, the, you know, once you're on a nice straightaway, just take your first nutrition there instead of um, in the actual transition area. So that's, that's one area I hope to improve my, my own time um, is in transitions. Anyways, moving on to the bike course, um, what's really cool, I've, I've ridden the bike course like three times because we go out to the lake pretty frequently and it's a, it takes me about 20 minutes to, to ride my bike to the bike course. I pick up the bike course about five miles in. So, it, you know, I'm actually riding more than the bike course. It takes me eight miles to get to the point of five miles into the bike course. And then I exit the course at the same point. So I'm essentially cutting off 10 miles, but that's 16 miles of riding for me. So I ride the course plus, you know, a few extra miles just to, in transportation to get there. But I've ridden the course. The only part of the course I haven't ridden. Is downtown Sandusky, which ironically enough might be somewhat of an issue with some quick turns and popular roads and traffic, you know? So I'm hoping that that's not a huge issue. I do anticipate getting out of transition for the first mile to three miles, probably being a little slower because there's a few turns and they're more like main roadways, they're not backcountry roads until you really get to like mile four to six. Uh, when it does get onto the backcountry roads, man, you can fly, you can fly, you can really lay it down. Like almost the whole race, lots of straightaways. There was one, um, you know, if you're someone who's listening, there was one key turn around mile, like right before 30 or right at 30, um, of the bike course where I was in arrow going like low 20 miles. Per hour, somewhere in there, twenty something, and I almost lost it. Uh, it was a left-hand turn. I almost lost it around a turn because I was moving too quick, and the turn kind of caught me out of nowhere. So, you know how you're in a car and you're going thirty-five, and it has these big yellow arrows that you know you have to turn left and slow down. Well, when you're on a bike, you don't think that that applies to you all the time because you're not going as fast as a car, right? So, um because you're not going as fast as a car like I just stayed in arrow thinking I was fine and I was actually going close to as fast as a car around that turn and I needed to slow down and I almost lost it so um you know if you're planning for one sharp turn where you have to be careful you know be on your game around like 27 to 28 mile 27 28 because it comes out of nowhere right around 30 is where is my best guess but again my My math was a little different because it took me eight miles to get five miles in. And then I didn't look at the exact moment it happened, but that's my guess is right around mile 30. Um, There's a couple really, really long straightaways where you can just murder the Watts. And I really anticipate a pretty quick bike, at least for me, especially because I've ridden it and I'm comfortable with the course. Um, The one thing I will say um, if you're a planner is uh, I rode this course a few times and there were some times where the wind was like 10, 15 miles an hour, but there were other times where I got gusts of probably 40. And the most recent time I rode the course, it was at least 25 to 30 the whole time. And it sucked. It was a miserable ride. It took me forever. I was putting out big power and felt like I was barely moving. It, it was a hard hard 60 miles and, um, you know, 60 miles is all 56 miles is already hard. (laughs) You know, it's, it's hard to be on your bike, but for that long, but when the wind is in your face constantly or feels like it, or, or it's, you know, a crosswind, man, it was, it was a challenge. So be prepared for that. Um, you know, if that's something that, um, (laughs) you need to be mindful of, if you're, if you're, if you have a disc wheel, I personally don't use a disc wheel, but I definitely would not on this course, but that's just me. I would not use one because of the, um, um, the potential for just catching some wind and and losing balance. I think it'd just be a lot more challenging, but anyways, um, off the bike, same transition area for me personally, same deal. I'm just grabbing nutrition. I'm not taking any bike shoes off, run shoes on, just get my butt moving, stay nice and slow at the start, especially because it's going to be 90 plus and humid. Um, You can't, you can't start this run too fast. You start this run too fast and you could be walking by mile four. Like that's how bad these conditions could potentially be. So, you know, if you're less experienced or, you know, you just, you know, you're not sure where your pacing is going to be. You have to start this run slow. Um, yeah. What's unique about this run is it's two loops, but it's, I'm trying to think it's, it's like three, it's like within five blocks of each other of the run is within five blocks of itself, almost the whole time, which is crazy. So in terms of proximity, if you're a spectator, you'll be able to see an athlete like, six times because it's two loops. And if you're willing to walk like one block, you can see somebody two to three times on the same or two to four times on the same loop. You can see him going out twice. You can see him coming back twice. And then you can see him going out twice again and coming back twice again. So you can see someone almost eight times if almost in the same exact spot, pretty darn close. So I think this run is going to be awesome for spectator support. Plus there's a ton of restaurants and bars downtown and I think it's just going to have great energy for the run. Go ahead. Is your wife going to be there? Yeah. Yeah. So what's cool for me personally is this, I'm going to have the most race support that I've ever had. Um, My wife, all of her family, my parents are coming. Like it's going to be, it's a race that there's already going to be a ton of crowd support. And for me personally, I'm going to, I'm going to feel a lot of that energy. Because it's somewhat of a hometown race for me and a lot of family and friends will be there for me. So I'm really excited for myself, but I'm excited for everyone on the run course because I know there's just going to be so much energy the whole time because the whole thing is downtown in a very populated area. So it's going to be great energy. People just have to like rein it in because it is going to be stupid hot and stupid humid. And if you just let that energy get to you too quick, you're going to come out too fast and just you'll be walking and, and maybe crawling by the end. I just I just really hope that people sure stay
1: safe and smart. I'm sure it's easy to do. I'm sure if you're feeling good and, you know, the crowds. Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. They come out. How's bells? Yeah.
0: And the other I mean, it's impossible to know how you're going to feel at mile 10 yeah. at mile two or three. you know and that's where you're going to have the most energy and most crowd support you start the run people are going to be hyping you up it's mistakes will be made (laughs) you know mistakes will be made so um check the the ego yeah check the ego stay within yourself and Mm -hmm. again adjust (laughs) adjust your run pacing plan according to the heat and humidity you have you have to just be disciplined so I'm really looking forward to it. I think all things considered um, I should be able to personally come out with like a 40 ish minute swim, which was pretty consistent with Eagle man. Um, I'm going to try to cut a little bit of time off my bike. I'm going to drop, hopefully get to like two and a half hours on the nose. Um, and then about a, about the same half, half marathon, despite the conditions for me, because I, I'm someone who came out too hot last time, so I'm gonna come out a little bit more disciplined. And I anticipate us even in the heat, humidity for me because I'm more comfortable with it. Um, I anticipate a good marathon right around, or half marathon right around two hours. So, if I can reduce my transition time, I'm hoping for a 5:20 for me, which would be, which would be all, like perfect, perfect world scenario. So, that's where I'm at, um, and I just you know have to stay disciplined, make good decisions, don't overdo anything and I think that that should that should happen for me. But we'll see, you know, anything could happen. The weather could be way worse than even I'm saying it, it is right now and if it's way worse than, you know, you have to make adjustments on the fly. So.
1: Yeah, I think uh the weather is what it's going to be, right man. It's yeah, kind of yeah. really no factor you can't control it. All you can do is control what you put in your body to adjust mm-hmm. for and whether you know, adjust on race day, you control what you can, right? That's yeah, that's in any um, that's
0: that's like the most that's like the most harped on phrase and like triathlon is control what you can control, quit worrying and like <laughs> being a baby about silly little things that are completely out of your control. Look, everyone has to, everyone has to jump off this ferry, just get over okay. it. Everyone has to, like. <laughs> the wind on the bike course is going to be there for everyone, you know, and everyone's going to experience the heat humidity on the run. So control what you can control, leave it at that, and just be able to and willing to make adjustments on the fly. So.
1: Yeah. And, and that's everything in life, man. We control, yeah. you know, yeah. I I definitely wish you, and I think that comes with experience too, and being able to check your ego at the door, you yeah. know, you, you feel a hundred percent, but if, if you've been in the game a while, you you know that humidity is going to catch you, you know? <laughs> um, you know, I remember talking to you about one of your first ones. It was in Maryland, I think when it was so hot. And, um, yeah, I remember chatting you, we, we had a podcast. I was like yeah. a year ago. Um, but I mean, it's crazy. You've done a new nu- numerous amount at this point. So, yeah. um, yeah, I definitely wish you the best. I, I work on Sundays, but I'll, I always try to track you when you send me the, uh, yeah. The tracker, man. And uh, definitely if anyone else is doing it and listening, I, I wish them the best. It's that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: exciting. Thanks, bro. Um, that's all I got. You got anything else? No, man. I'll cool. uh, see how it turns out for you. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This was uh, episode 63. If you're looking for any and all other episodes, um, check us out on um, YouTube spotify apple podbean wherever you listen to podcasts um thanks for listening if you know we have some contact info as well i'll we'll drop that in the comments but hillpursuit at gmail.com check out our website hillpursuit.com and find us on all the socials facebook instagram at hillpursuit thanks for listening good luck racing if you are